Paso a Paso Podcast. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Paso Paso Podcast. My name is Miles. Happy to be back here with you. This time, reporting from live outside at Kip Carson Park in Taos with two very special guests who I've uh, spoken with a few months ago, maybe more than that. But looking forward to catching up and um, happy to have them share their insights and thoughts with you all here. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, I'm Darlene Vigil, Taos County Commissioner, District 3. And I'm Anjanette Brush, also Taos County Commissioner, serving the first term with Darlene, um, and I'm District 4, so just north of town. Can you share with the listeners who may not be as familiar with the county and politics and everything, your roles, what that kind of means, how, 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 and how has that changed since you started? What, how, how long was it ago that you entered the commission? Was it a, a year ago? I'm just no, making this up. Uh, we were sworn in on the morning of New Year's Eve, so we are, what, in our month six, six of serving, that is correct. and wow. we're two of five county commissioners, um, and we were both elected. The, the terms are staggered, so not everyone gets, you know, so we don't have a brand new commission all at once, so we were, we, um, were elected to the two open seat slots last year and then next year the other three seats will be open for election so it's a single year term uh no a two year a four years oh i'm sorry i'm sorry sorry. and and you can only do two four-year consecutive terms Uh, how has it been since you started obviously it was during covid kind of unusual times and circumstances i know that the meetings are virtual i don't know if they still are but how is it similar or different than you thought it would be well you know i for one have been in in government before so you know certainly in a different position as as an assessor and so uh, my role has definitely changed uh however you know i i can see that um from an assessor to a commissioner uh you know as an assessor i represented the entire county uh, I still believe as a commissioner you, you represent the entire county. However, mm-hmm. we do have uh, districts that we most certainly, you know, are able to uh, make sure that we're representing mm-hmm. and that they're, you know, we don't leave them out um, mm-hmm. in, in anything that we do. But it certainly has, uh, and from my perspective, you know, going into it and, and understanding that we're going to be dealing with budgets and, you know, and... Um, representing the community I think what I'm seeing now is that we can go from talking about a bridge in the morning to talking about homelessness in the you know in in an hour an hour later and so you know we're kind of like all over the place but I I think you know it's what I anticipated Uh, it's only a joy and um, you know just we have such a great group of commissioners that it just makes it that much more pleasant to work towards getting things done. I think you make a, a good point, Darlene. Um, you know, we're elected by our district, and we, we pay special attention to our district, but our votes count for the whole county. Mm-hmm. So um, it is a balance. And, and like you were saying, um, we go from potholes to pandemic re- relief and from culverts to civil rights. Like It's really... Um, it, the days are full, and the topics are many. And for, for me, it's taken a little bit of getting used to um, being the person who's supposed to kind of have an answer for everything and anything yeah. so you learn pretty quickly or at least i've learned pretty quickly just like if i don't know like say okay i don't know but i might know someone who knows like i, I know where to ask the question you know? and, and really you know as uh, commissioner brush has stated you know we don't know often um yeah. you know the subject at hand but we do know that we can draw from the wisdom of the community absolutely and and we knew that going into it that's what we were going to be doing and it's very important to us uh, in representing the people that you really draw from the community's mm-hmm. wisdom and, and what they want to see and yeah. what they view Taos County going Absolutely. forward. It's not about our projects. It's about what the community communicates to us that they want to see. 
And I'd imagine um, taking into account those various uh, subjects you matter, kind of jumping around as, as is required of you, I guess. Um, are most of those things that are kind of standardized, they kind of come and go throughout the commission, or are they things that are presented by the community? Or how does that kind of ebb and flow work a bit? You know, it's, it's been my experience that many of these projects are uh, from previous, that they, they, you know, they were started a long time ago. For example, you know, the old county courthouse um, uh, building, you know, that's been an ongoing project. And we're, you know, I, I think each commission uh, just tackles it a little at a time because obviously it's funding mm-hmm. that you need to go out and get. And we're just getting closer and closer. So something like that, it's a continued project mm-hmm. from a prior commission. We are continuing it. But then there are new projects that are coming to the forefront. Like, for example, we uh, most recently talked about the John uh, Dunn um, area, the bridge, uh, the area, excuse me, where we're having uh, issues like uh, rock slides. slides. And so, (laughs) you know, it's an immediate concern. And so, you know, that's just kind of new what we're dealing with. Yeah, Yeah. so it is a mix. I think think Commissioner Veal is spot on. It's a mix of these long-term projects that we're just sort of stepping into and learning about and trying not to get in the way of. Um, And then the things that are very specific to this rather unusual moment like pandemic relief Mm -hmm. right i mean that's a let's hope it's a once in a lifetime opportunity the funding that will be coming into this community that hasn't that's not something that's happened before so you know we try to make sure that we keep conversations about something like that going along with the the persistent and consistent issues like roads you know they will always need attention every day Um, every term every day Um, but then we do have we do have some real unique things going on right now yeah, I don't know if you'd like to touch on any, th- any of those, but you already mentioned the pandemic relief. Yes. Um, I think the kind of layman's terms community perspective is there's millions of dollars that, that people have access to and what's going to happen with it? And that's all that I've kind of heard. And it's it's a lot of work to answer that question, right? right? Mm-hmm. What's going to happen with it? Um, yeah, the American Rescue Plan Act, um, some people say ARP, some people say the Rescue Plan, some people say ARPA. It is different from the CARES Act funding, which mm-hmm. was last year, right? Okay. Um And the Taos County is going to get $6.35 million. Um, We'll get half of that any day now and half of it not until next year. So we've had, um, as a commission and with our staff, some conversations about, like, what are the big areas we can tackle? There's a lot of flexibility Mm -hmm. this time, um, which is different from the CARES Act money. That was... um, that that was more prescribed. And this time, if it's related to... um, health relief economic relief then then we we think we're still trying to like make sure that we play within the right rules um that we think that we can do it so we we as a team at the county have talked about three different areas one um making sure that the expenses the county has incurred which is a lot of um hazard pay and overtime pay um that we're stable and we've taken care of those expenses and tried to think about what might be coming to make sure that we're still solid and stable and able to do business as, as the community needs us to. A second is um, economic relief. What do we need for our community to have a stronger economy than we've seen over the last 15 months? And then the third one is, is people. What do families need? What do kids need? You know, what do um, our low-income neighbors need? So those are kind of like the three big buckets. Right, that and in those at. conversations, if I may add, um, is we're looking at immediate you know, what, what's the immediate need. And then we're yeah. also looking at what could we potentially do with this funding 
to help the community in the long term. Yeah, the investment. And so right? the investment. So, you know, we do believe also that uh, in these co- continued conversations, uh, at some point we'd love the community to join us in these conversations. Uh, we want to hear from mm-hmm. the community and see what their thoughts are. But yep, absolutely. We, yeah, it's an ongoing conversation. That never goes away because we know we're in the midst of recovery and we know the money's coming. I think, you know, whether it's expected of you or not, I think it's wonderful that you both continue to bring up, you know, the feedback from the community. I think that's a real strong point of the county as well. Um, and it's and I appreciate sharing those three areas because it does make sense to take care of, you know, what the county needs, given that that's, that's the hub, right? And then reaching out to the, to the community. Um, are there is there a sense that you have just from friends, family, you know, community members of things that people have shared that are kind of in the the ether, floating through the air as possibilities, or is it kind of, I don't know, do you take those anecdotes and, and kind of discuss them among I yourselves? I think we or? do. Uh, you know, as uh, Commissioner Brush and I, you know, continue uh, participating in different uh, meetings as well as other commissioners, you know, we, we do get a lot of feedback. We have already received a lot of feedback. And so, you know, for one, um, and certainly Commissioner Brush can, uh, you know, add to this, but I think we're hearing that there is need for summer programs yeah. for the kids. Yeah. And so, you know, we're really, you know, it's, it's, that's like an immediate need. So we're right on it. You know, we're, we're trying to figure out how to get that done, following, you know, to, to make sure we follow in the guidelines and, and how we approach that. And so we're talking about that. We're also hearing about the substance abuse and, and the need for a detox and right. and behavioral you know um, programs. Then we also know that we have an issue with affordable housing, you know, and, and of course affordable housing. That's that in itself is a big topic. Yeah. And homelessness, and we all know they're all interrelated in some way. And so yeah, yeah there's definitely much conversation that that's happening within the community that comes forward. Yeah, yeah absolutely, and. Um, you know, for a couple of, of specific examples, you know, like you, you said, Miles, like we do hear anecdotes, but as Commissioner Vihiz said, like, we go to a bunch of meetings too with service providers, with people from all different kind of sectors. You know, the COAD is one example, the community organizations active in disaster, and we're in those meetings every week. So we try to stay really plugged into what people like you are doing, like what needs do you see, as well as the anecdotes we hear from our friends, family, and neighbors. But um, just pa- this past week at our regular commission meeting, we had Taylor Etchemendi from Inspire um, and Eric Matos from Taos Behavioral Health come and talk about what they could do, what they could expand the summer programs for kids to look like if we helped them, if wow. we partnered with them. So that's one specific thing that, as Commissioner V. Hill said, we're trying to move on fast because summer's here, right? Um, and then the other thing that we've thought about is is potentially, actually not potentially, like I think the, that the job posting closes tomorrow for an economic development director. Wow. So someone who is responsible for keeping their eye um, on all kinds of things, all kinds of potential partnerships with the town, with the chamber, with the state. That's wonderful. And, and with like the funding opportunities that are going to keep coming fast and furious. Like if you don't have someone that you say, hey, you know, follow up on all those, make sure you research all of them, like it's going to be way too easy to miss opportunities and we don't want that to happen. Right. In addition, we hope to see a grant writer and, mm-hmm. and you know, we're really focusing on collaboration. Community yeah. collaboration. Uh, you know, probably more so, Miles, the importance of collaboration yeah. and partners. And, and so we hope to, in this whole entire process, uh, and even just as we move forward as commissioners, uh, we will always, you know, uh, open those lines of communication, keep yeah. those lines of commu- communication open, collaboration, partnerships. That's yeah. what we're looking for. 
Amazing. I love all these <laughs> answers. Um, We're yeah. impatient and greedy. We want to see a lot of progress. Right. You know, no, the, we want to see the, the community get stronger and healthier. Um, you know, coming out of COVID, which we're not out of yet, right? Yeah. But it, we're we're getting there. Um, we just want to we we want to see us take advantage of this moment and really really make some progress. I'm really excited about all these shared, but the economic director position is really one of those things that I'm excited that there's vision for, and also a little I'm not surprised it didn't exist, but it feels like it should, right? <laughs> right it feels absolutely. like it should be there yeah, sure. um, because you know. When I first arrived, um, you know, we we're talking about what are we going to talk about today, and obviously, all these topics really touch each other. Oh, of course. You know, it, whether this is a possible possible podcast, so the, the perspective is from little children, but they are raised by adults, and what those adults are going through dramatically impacts the, the children's experience. The adults need the kids to have somewhere to go so that they can work, and the kids need the adults to have like good, meaningful work that you know that keeps their family stable financially. And to have and a successful, successful community. Yeah. Well, we need to make sure we have those programs, you know, keeping the kids busy, keeping them out of trouble. Yeah. And when yeah. they do have issues, then we need to help them in any way that we can to make sure they're successful. Um, to that point, if we don't mind just looking at early childhood for now, um, there's been such ebb and flow through the last couple of years. You know, I, when I started working with PASO, there was a vision for, um, I guess I'll frame it as opening a larger community center that can help support um, early childhood education, a.k.a. daycare, as well as maybe supporting and collaborating with the seniors or how can we integrate these things, right? And then um, through the economic things that have happened through various organizations and COVID, um, as we kind of restart something to try to address uh, supporting families, as you said. Um, um, you know, it's interesting because we look back at COVID and some centers could remain open, I think, in some capacity, some couldn't. Um, and then that obviously impacts the workforce. Mm-hmm. The county historically has supported this, the, elder, the older community, mm-hmm. uh, the senior community. Has there ever been any discussion about also kind of pairing that with something that would support families of young children? Or I'm just... There has been some conversation around that, and and I think it's so important. I mean, the elderly have so much to give, um, and the youth obviously can really draw, you know, from them. Uh, I want to say that there's been, uh, most definitely, matter of fact, Commissioner uh, Gallegos Mm -hmm. uh, was talking a little bit about this in a meeting about, you know, integrating the two. Mm. Uh, I think he recognizes, as well as the entire community, many of the community members realize that the two really do belong together. Yeah. You see it in the school system. Yeah. I, my grandchildren, you know, uh, when I go pick them up, the grandmas and, the grandmas and grandpas are, that are there are really being a grandma, mm-hmm. right? Grandpa. And it just, you can see the joy in each of their faces and the connection. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think there is a, a, a need, a continued need, yeah. and we just probably, probably need to build on it yeah. and, and just make it stronger. I think there might have actually been that connecting program. I believe you know, so. Um, but through COVID, it had to be put on hold. Mm. And um, But what I'm hearing from your question, Miles, is like, you know, are there plans to do something more, something maybe bigger, more formalized? Um, and that's a, that's a very good question. I mean, right now in terms of like, you know, child care and especially like summer programs for kids, what we've looked to is to build off of the programs that already exist. Yeah. Say, what do you need to take in X many more kids yes. so we can touch and help X many more families? <laughs> because that seems fastest right now. It's yeah. like, let's not um, invent something from the ground up. Let's just do more of what's working. Mm-hmm. Um, but you raise a good question that I'm going to write down. And, right, and, and I think we can yeah, you know, sure. further pursue. Obviously, the Senior Citizen Center uh, 
Tusk County does, in fact, uh, you know, it's part of the program, mm -hmm. part of one of our programs. And so I think you've given us I mean, something I'm more to just <laughs> go and, yeah, you know, this yeah. is where you drop yeah, in the no, wisdom absolutely. of the community. Well, you know, and I've seen video, you know, I haven't visited places like that, but I've seen videos where right, yeah. there's little kids and there's older folks and they really love each other. <laughs> you know, I, they see, love I see it when my grandchildren yeah. come over to to my home and my yeah. father-in-law who's 89 years old lives with us yeah. and and you know the joy i mean his face just lights up yeah. when those children walk in Absolutely. and and you know they just run to grandpa give him a <laughs> hug and a kiss and yeah. you know they have made his day Amazing. even just and they themselves learn something from grandpa every time because he always says okay i'm going to give you a word a spanish word and i want mm. you to at the you know before you leave yeah. you got to come talk to me and Lovely. and so yeah it's a it's a, it's a learning you know, lesson for them. And, mm -hmm. yes. and we, we've got to keep our eye on those kinds of opportunities, right? To, you know, make the connections, like you were saying, Commissioner P. Hill, and, and, to, um, and to get the most we can out of the assets we have in our community, which are our elders in particular. But we also have to keep our eye on, you know, when we're looking at services and programs, um, a challenge we have is like, this is a big county. Yeah. This is really big. And we've got a tremendous need for... Um, you know, for summer programs, child care in Penasco, for example, yeah. and in Cuesta. And then it's, a, it's a challenge to get the, our programs and services to all of the corners where, where we need them, but it's, but it's also a must. Mm -hmm. you know? We can't expect people to only get services if they're more centrally located yeah. here near, near the park, for example. And would you agree, uh, Commissioner Brush, that in our conversations, we really have focused on seniors and youth? Those mm -hmm. seem yep. to be... And, sure. of, of course, yep. we consider all, yep. but we, we do. We talk about these two... Uh, you know, yeah. areas in, in which we believe really do need that connectivity that and I think really that's, I, from each other. Exactly. I think that's where the summer program help mm -hmm. came out of because um, it seemed like, okay, if we can help the kids and we are helping the, the entire family. Yeah. Um, and it's a different kind of direct relief than, you know, a check in the mail. Um, sure. But it is still, um, it is still pretty immediate and like necessary. more infrastructure-based kind yeah, of? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I just heard an interview on the radio this morning where someone was asking... Um, Someone in D.C. like, well, do you think that, you know, the president, that Biden will consider removing child care from the infrastructure bill? And I was like, no, it is it's critical infrastructure. Yeah. Yeah. As you're talking, I think about how from when my children were, you know, babies and, and you know, my I started my career in the county. And so I relied on my mother, relied on my mother-in-law, father-in-law. Mm -hmm. And then when my mother couldn't do it, then my sister stepped in. We always had, you know. I was fortunate. I was yeah. truly, truly fortunate. And then at some point, you know, we, we had to, of course, um, reach out to the system, the school system, and, and try to figure out what to, you know, yeah. where to take them. And so not everyone has that same structure. And, and, and to be truthful, I think even if you have that structure at home, you still need that other side of it. And that is to take them to a place where they can interact with other children mm -hmm. and learn feel safe, you know, and, and integrate with the community in some way. So, yeah, I, I think as we go forward, what I would really love to see, because as Commissioner Brush stated, in these commissioners' uh, meetings, commission meetings, we, we're very structured, you know. Yeah. We, we seem to do much better in settings like this yeah. because we're able to, you know, listen uh, and, and, and talk openly as to yeah. what do you see, who do you, you know, what do you think. And, and so I think we're going to have more meetings like that. That is our hope. Wonderful. I, for one, would just like for the community to know that we're here as commissioners to listen. We want your ideas. We want you to reach out to us. Uh, certainly, you can go to TowsCounty.org, and, and um, you know, we each have our website and our, our email address, excuse me. 
and a phone number. And so yeah. don't don't hesitate. You know, that's what exactly. we do. We are here to represent. And the way we represent well is by listening to the community. So TowsCounty.org, and then you can find our commission pages, and we've got our phone numbers. You can text or call those or email us, and we'll get back to you maybe not that very same day, but I know that it keeps us up at night if we get too far behind yes. on our messages. Yes. I've heard you talk about that, too. <laughs> so we will do our best to, um, we will hear you, and we'll do our best to follow up and uh, and take care of what, what you see we need to take care of. And I would just say, you know, you know, please, uh, I hope you're paying attention to what the commission is doing and when these uh, hopefully meetings are open to the public in a way that we can kind of just chit-chat yep. and, and get some ideas. So They're watch for that. First and third Tuesdays, Tuesday mornings, um, which is not super convenient for a whole lot of people, but for some. Or, and they're recorded, so you can always go back and and fact check us or like see what we said that you might yeah. like or not. Yeah. <laughs> and hopefully we might be able to be accommodating and, yeah. and have some evening yeah. Yeah. You know, sessions. Yeah. Not unheard of. Yeah. So. Well, thanks for your flexibility and your interest and everything and, and all your work. So we appreciate Thank being you. here today. Thank you, Miles. Thanks for all your work. Yes, absolutely, Miles. Thank you. All right. Paso a Paso <laughs> Podcast. Yeah.